This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, at managing editor, fightful.com, fightfulwrestling.com. We cover pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. October 31st, right now couple days we have that big UFC 244 show we have Canelo versus Kovalev we got a lot of stuff going on this weekend MLW uh Super Show Saturday I believe it's called lots of stuff going on at Fightful.com this week but today we are here I am here for Sands of Time go to shop.fightful.com for that merch if you're watching live on YouTube donate any super chat any amount get your question or statement read on the air and we will donate the proceeds to the Equality Federation. Uh, this is for Crown Jewel 2019. We will not discuss the politics of this show that much. We have done that at length on number a number of podcasts. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the Super Chats. Hannah Moore says, Brock back to Raw. That's where Ray and SmackDown. Ray is and SmackDown needs a full-time champ. Happy Halloween, Rollins. I agree. Uh, they got to set up some sort of trade or something. You can easily easily say, hey, that's what Alexa and Nikki were a part of, and we'll throw you somebody else too. That makes way too much sense to not do. Uh, who do I see that could be a part of that? Well, let me take a look at the, the WWE roster in a bit. But um, I, I think it would be a good idea. Honestly, if I were, I would throw EC3 in there too. He's not being used, hasn't wrestled in a month, don't know what's going on with him. Uh I would throw somebody else in there, not Samoa Joe, because I think him with AOP would be really good. Unless they want to send AOP over to SmackDown as a part of this deal, but they've been running vignettes on Raw, so I kind of wonder how that would work out. Uh, there are a lot of people who have not been assigned yet, so you could like maybe have Raw forfeit the rights to sign the Usos or something like that. Like You could really stack the deck for SmackDown in that regard. To maybe even out that deal. Mr. Big Bad Bean says, Yowie Wowie. Rex Joseph Calmerin says, So, Fiend versus Brock versus Cole at Survivor Series? I don't know how the hell that's going to work. I do not know how the NXT integration will work in a Survivor Series. I'm going to try to find out, but I do not know that right now. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. I'm glad some of you appreciate the comic sands of time on my uh, footer there. Much appreciated. Let's talk about this show, Battle Royal. I'm a sucker for these, even though they suck, man. Uh, one of the things sits this one out. Andrade eliminates Sin Cara. We're starting to chip away here. This is for the top contendership to the United States title. Rowan eliminates Murphy. Andrade tosses out Truth. Humberto Carrillo tosses out Andrade. Then we get Harper, Rowan, Cedric, and Carrillo as the final four. And you knew it was coming from a mile away. By the way, the crowd loved Harper. That, that was wild, random. But hey, one of the benefits of doing a WWE doing a dumbass show there. <clears throat> Rowan and Harper eliminate Cedric. And uh, Carrillo wins when Harper gets eliminated by Rowan. Rowan turned on uh, turned on Harper. And I thought that was a good way to kind of solidify that Rowan's a son of a bitch. And give Humberto a win. 
This seems like it would have made a little bit more sense if Carrillo had not just lost the styles from an idea standpoint, but whatever. 24-7 championship right after Sunil Singh is eliminated. R-Truth rolls him up and wins the title. All the dorks chase him out, and later on, Truth is running from said dorks, gets pinned by Samir Singh. Samir Singh ends up becoming the 24-7 champion, as his brother was earlier. Reminder, guys, FightfulSelect.com. If you uh, miss Alex Palowski's reviews, go over there. Two episodes of Sour Graps per week. You get the Fightful Weekender, which is non-WWE main roster stuff, non-AEW stuff. We're talking NWA, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, NXT UK, 205 Live, uh, some Beyond over there. A lot of stuff covered in that podcast. Then every week I do the Backstage Report podcast where I talk about injuries, contracts, uh, stats, and give you backstage news. Every other week I do the Q&A show. And every month we do a uh, retro review and I do a dark match commentary. Dustin Lopez says, so what are we going to do when they announce on Raw they're stripping him of the title because he's not on the Raw roster? That sounds like something they'd do. It really sounds like something they do, and it'd be dumb. <clears throat> David says, I haven't watched Crown Jewel yet. I just want to show my support to SRS and the fund you're donating to. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, David. Uh, you the man. WWE Championship, and I got to say, there's going to be a lot of you that disagree with me on this. I love this. I loved it. First off, Brock Lesnar defeats Cain Velasquez very shortly via submission. Cain Velasquez's gear works a lot better than street clothes. He looks a lot better in gear. Uh, he is a developmental product and project. He is not good yet. Let's just make that clear. I don't care what you guys saw in a six-man tag match. That was not a singles match. That was him jumping around in a mask, doing some arm drags in, in a situation where he was heavily protected. This match was also him being heavily protected. They really accentuated the positives and hid the negatives. Cain Velazquez has some fantastic kicks. As far as a UFC heavyweight goes, his kicks are okay. As far as a pro wrestler goes, his kicks are top of the line. Just amazing. He went towards leg kicks, body kicks, head kicks. I loved it. He landed one, jumped on Lesnar. Lesnar slaps on a double wrist lock. You all might know it as a Kimura. Uh, as a great man once told us, only Kimura can call it a Kimura. Or you can only call it a Kimura when Kimura is doing it. <clears throat> but I'm going to break this down a little bit. The Kimura from the bottom, the double wrist lock from the bottom can be very dangerous. Brock, you'll notice, had a half guard slapped on and locked up. That was so Cain Velazquez couldn't bring his body out. Because if somebody has that double wrist lock applied on you there, uh, go back and watch GSP versus Matt Hughes 1. You can spin out, sit out, and go to an arm bar. Would not be shocked if that's a spot they work in the future. That is a good spot. Used to do that one uh, a lot myself. It's an easy spot to get a pop off of. And uh, was really good to set up things for the future. I didn't mind this at all. It To me, this accomplished a lot of things. After the match, Brock Lesnar beat down Kane with a chair. Ray makes the save. To me, this accentuated the positives and hit the negatives of Cain Velasquez being very inexperienced. As I said, he is not good yet. Will he be? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'd get him down at the Performance Center working with Cesaro every day by the looks of it. But 
this uh, used Kane as an attraction, whatever type of attraction he may be. It got Brock over. It set up a rubber match way down the line because now they're one and one. It continued to establish an unpredictable match time for this title. And it furthered the Ray feud. Do I think this needed the title? No. Not one bit. Not a damn bit. I don't think it did. But does that mean that I didn't like it? No. I, I love this. And I love MMA style uh, pro wrestling. Now a lot of people will say, well, if you what MMA, go MMA. Hey, everybody's got their own style. Come on. Come on. Kane's not, not the healthiest guy in the world. My God. I thought this was fun. I thought it made sense. I thought it was clever. Um, and I thought it played to Kane's strengths. Up next, Tag Team World Cup. The OC win this. Now, I had people in the company straight up saying, like, yeah, the Viking Raiders are going to win. We're going to push their accolades, all that stuff. And that was Sunday. So this was a big surprise. Rude and Ziggler against Lucha House Party is up first. Commentator really hammers home bragging rights. And I'll put it like this. The only team that bragging rights would have mattered to are the OC. They're the only ones that can pull that off effectively in my mind. Grand Metal League, very impressive early on. Lince gets pushed off the top rope into a Ziggler super kick. Ziggler hits one on Metal League as he does a handspring in the ring behind the ref. And a glorious DDT eliminates the Lucha House Party. Uh, Hawkins and Ryder come out, quickly eat a zigzag spinebuster. They're out. Heavy Machinery are out next. And the stamina takes effect. Heavy Machinery get their, get their win with the compactor. New Day come out. Uh, now, I love a good gauntlet match. The bummer is that everybody gets beaten except for one team, but it's easy to make the excuse that they've been through multiple teams. Big E teases getting knocked off his feet, but didn't I really wish he, he would have? He's a, a son of a bitch, a disgusting son of a bitch. Uh, Kofi hit a trouble in paradise and heavy machinery ended up getting beaten. Uh, the trust fall hits on the B team next. They're out. And then Big E beats Axel with a big ending, and that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Now, I'll tell you what I didn't like. New Day's been through two teams. And I'll say, at least they look strong. That's cool. Everybody that's saying, oh, Kofi's going to snap. Kofi's going to break after he's getting beaten all these times. You can't now. He won three matches tonight. They won three matches tonight. They got beat once, but whatever. They're facing the Revival on Friday. And then they come out, after winning two matches already... And the Revival get beaten in like five minutes with a small package. This felt like trying to jam 10 pounds of shit into a five-pound sack. And these four guys are too good for that. The Revival are too good for that. Kofi and Big E are too good for that. Except for Kofi, or except for uh, Big E. He's he's gross. He's just gross. He's disgusting. Uh, I'm glad that they lost this match because he's gross. (sighs) Anyway, uh, the Viking Raiders... Or uh, the OC are out next. Um, they beat the New Day after Kofi hits a great mushroom stomp. Magic Killer get hit. I'll tell you what looked really dumb. This was set up by the Revival getting beat by a tired team in five minutes and hitting the Shatter Machine on New Day. Why didn't they just do it during the match? Well, that set up the OC winning. And then the OC beat the Viking Raiders. I thought for sure the Viking Raiders were winning this. This was a hell of a swerve. I don't know if it was a good one. 
because the Viking Raiders have already beaten uh, the OC like five times. And I really thought that they kept AOP out of this match so they wouldn't have to get beat and the Viking Raiders could win. But the OC get redemption and win. Good for the OC. Good for the OC. I'll tell you what was good. Mansoor defeating Cesaro. Wow, this was an awesome match. I loved this. Mansoor is green. He's green as grass. But he brought it tonight. And you can credit Cesaro a lot with with having uh, that, that ring generalship that he has and being able to have a good match with people. They trusted him to have matches with tough enough guys years ago. But Mansoor brought it. And they both looked good. Cesaro cracks Mansoor with a European uppercut off of a suicide dive attempt. I loved how Mansoor took a face bump out of the corner European uppercut. That was a good spot. Mansoor got some really good offense with the Enziguri, the Neckbreaker, Tornado DDT. And at this point, it was just a downright good match. Man, this was just good. It wasn't good for a guy who is young in the sport. It wasn't good for a, a local talent. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was just a good match. And the thing is, every one of us watching this knew who was going to win that match. We knew Mansoor was going to win that match. But it was still good. I, I like. I expected like some sort of screw-up. I expected some spot where Mansoor looked green. That ain't the case. That ain't the case. And I'm not chalking this up to like a Tom McGee-Bret Hart situation here. Like, nobody's touting Mansoor as the next coming. They just put him over in his home home country, understandably. Why wouldn't you? This was just good. A pop-up uppercut hits, then a cross face. Then Mansoor clubs Cesaro with this really good suplex. My favorite spot of this entire show. Cesaro's on the second rope, goes for a gut-wrench superplex, but Mansoor turns it into a sunset flip powerbomb. Amazing! This set up the moonsault. Mansoor has some really good facial expressions, too. Really good or really bad. Haven't decided yet, but they're great. Uh, I enjoy them. Got some memes out of it. That's what's important to me. That's what's important to me. Mansoor gets a promo after the match. Justin Lopez says, Mansoor for 205. I'm a fan. Yeah, uh, wouldn't mind seeing some more of his work on TV after this. Capitalize off of this. I I think you should. Why not? I This was just, I can't put this over enough. Pardon, I muted while I coughed, but, um. Like, I expect, like, on my match scale, I'll explain to you guys how my match scale works. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, I do match ratings and live blogs. I do a 1 out of 10 scale. I start at a 5. If a match goes, like, 2 minutes and nothing offensive happens, it'll stay right there to 5. If a match goes, like, 10 minutes and nothing offensive happens, it'll probably stay there, too. It's very subjective. But to me, if you get up to about 6... It's recommended viewing. You got to be pretty boring, pretty bad, do a stupid booking decision, or just be pointless to slide anywhere below five. I'm pretty forgiving for stuff like that. And I expected this to land at about a five, honestly. I thought Cesaro would make it look good enough for it to be. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Average. No, man, this one was flat out good. Watch this match. If you didn't watch, if you watch one thing on this show, watch this match. We're going to call this match the Anti-Fury. You know, we got the Antichrist out there. This is the Anti-Fury. Because what we got next was this shitty match out of Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. And Braun tried. This ain't on Braun. Tyson Fury comes out with a very um, Apollo Creed-esque entrance, uh, as Carlos Toro explained it to me. He's been kind of pandering to whatever crowd he, he... Fights in front of lately. Got a lot of pyro. This match sucked so bad. Tyson Fury was not ready for a pro wrestling match. He could not sell. He could not bump. He could not do anything. Honestly, if match times for Cain Velazquez and Brock Lesnar switched with Fury and Strowman, would not have been mad at all. Would not have been mad. But Braun Strowman would have looked like a piece of shit. And he kind of did anyway. Nobody really won here. I mean, I guess Fury kind of did. And I think Fury's smart enough to realize that there's money eventually in a rematch of some sort. But Jesus, dude, this sucked. Braun beat Fury down and Fury sold like a real shithead. Uh, Strowman got posted and Strowman came around the outside and just hit. And Fury hit him with a shitty kick. Then he did a shitty drop toe hold, a shitty big boot, and a really shitty pin that Michael Cole pretended was good. See, the thing is, uh, Tyson Fury was trying to do the pin right. And it's okay. This is his first match ever. It's okay to make a mistake like that where he goes to pin, but then he remembers, shit, somebody told me to hook the leg. I need to hook the leg. But then Cole tried to pretend it was good, but it wasn't. Strowman does the world's strongest slam. And the uh, mow down spot. Fury took some shitty bumps here. He like dropped his feet to the ground before he took that world's strongest slam. And Fury cracked Strowman with a punch outside. And Strowman got counted out. This sucked real bad. This is one of the worst WWE TV matches I've seen in a while. Poor Braun, man. Poor Braun, man. Also, I see people saying he got paid 12 to 15 million. Fury, he didn't get paid 12 to 15 million dollars. There ain't no way. Mike Tyson got 3.5. He didn't get that much money. If that 13 million? 13 million? Steve Austin's wrestling on that show. 13 million? CM Punk is gonna wrestle on this show probably. 13 million? The Rock is wrestling on this show. One day of work? Come on. Strowman Power Slam Fury after this match, so it's still 50 50. AJ Styles defended the title against Humberto Carrillo and won. I've seen this match three times in the last two weeks between Carrillo, uh, Styles, and Rollins. Carrillo is good. He gets a lot of good hang time on his offense. Cool. That seated handspring arm drag he does is dumb. 
It doesn't make a bit of sense. That's not the way that momentum works. That's not the way that weight works. It's physically like almost impossible to do a Japanese arm drag when your opponent is seated and you have no power to generate there. That's not the way that works. Man, that frustrates me. Really frustrates me. Shane Haas says Big E must have a big vertical. I think my vertical might be better than Big E's. Just saying. Just saying. I think my vertical leap would be up there with Big E's. We'll see. We'll see. So, uh, you know, Carrillo tweaks his knee and applies the calf crusher. Carrillo gets out. It just made Carrillo looks like a, look like a dumbass when right after he gets put in a calf crusher and tweaks his knee, he does a moonsault. Phenomenal forearm. Okay, so where does Carrillo go from here? So we know he's not good enough to beat the best guys. That's fine. There's a lot of people that aren't good enough to beat them. But, ugh. Italia defeated Lacey Evans. First off, I just want to say, dumbasses that threw water bottles at Natalia and Lacey Evans eat shit. But Natalia looked like she was about to burst into tears. Uh, they were winning, wearing uh, like bodysuits and t-shirts for this match. WWE Production did a really good job focusing on all the women in the crowd. Natalia and Lacey's entrances added even more gravity to this situation. We see some chain wrestling, and you've seen this match five times before. Do I need to go through it? Lacey Evans hit a moonsault. She got put into a sharpshooter. You know what happened here. You know what happened here. You've seen this match a hundred times. Uh, they embraced after the match, and that was that was very good. That I like that. Um, it, it was. I, I know a lot of people are going to minimalize this and and all that. And I made my jokes online saying. Well, of course, the crown prince doesn't want Lacey Evans to win because he limits the women's rights. And it's true. It's it's fucked up over there. But you can't put a blame on Lacey and Natalia. Like, Lacey and Natalia. And you know, if you've ever watched Total Divas, you, you know legitimately how important being a part of a lot of these firsts for Natalia are because she's seen a lot of different eras and regimes and things of that nature, and she likes to be a part of a lot of these firsts. So, uh, good for her. She looked just, she looked as proud of herself as she should be. Because, I mean, she was one of the two girls that flew over there last time and were told no. No, sorry, you, you flew all the way over here, but it doesn't matter. You can't go out there. And uh, good for her. Good for her. Team Hogan defeated Team Flair. Roman Reigns was super over here. This match is very slow and plodding, and it's the heels working over Ali for the most part before Ricochet gets his turn. Roman Reigns got the hot tag to a big ovation. That's where this match picked up. They started off, a lot of this is very old school wrestling. I thought that... Um, Velazquez and Lesnar and Mansoor and Cesaro were the two best things on this show. And I thought the most closely resembling modern day wrestling. It's like when they, they go to Saudi Arabia, they go into a time machine and they wrestle a very 80s style. And they, uh, they, they do a lot of getting heat on 
on the baby faces and all that stuff like for an extended, extended, extended period of time. And that, that makes a lot of sense, especially considering how over Roman Reigns is with this crowd. It made a lot of sense to have the two small or some of the smaller baby faces rather uh, get worked over for an extended period of time and then have Roman Reigns hot tag and just run amok. This match went like, I think, 20 minutes, 1955. Uh, honestly, they they should have given some more time to some other stuff. Uh, that Fiend-Rollins match didn't need to go like 21, 22 minutes. But Roman Reigns is over, man. He fought back. Uh, Orton hit an RKO, but the babyfaces banded together to take out the heels, and then a spear on Orton got the win. And you knew the babyfaces were going to pose and celebrate and all that stuff. It's the old... Bruce Pritchard line, Hogan must pose. That's what Vince would always say. This was what we thought it would be. It was a harmless uh, 10-man tag match that leveraged Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair into the situation, got them a payday, got them on screen, and made Roman Reigns look good. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Roman Reigns deserves to look good. He's worked really hard and come back for some crazy stuff. Oh boy, here we go. False Count Anywhere Universal Championship. The Fiend defeated Seth Rollins to become champion. Why didn't he win the title at Hell in a Cell? Why in the fudge wax? Did Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, not win the title at Hell in a Cell? I'm sure some dumbass WWE bootlicker will say, well, well, but, well, but, no, no, no. Objectively, Hell in a Cell was bad. This match went 21 minutes. Keep in mind, the Fiend got stomped and hit with a chair like 3 million times last time. Got put in the mandible claw, or put Rollins in the mandible claw, sat up. And I'm like, well, why doesn't he just do that from the, the get-go now? He's got Rollins laid out. Just do it. Okay. Okay. And a lot of people say, oh, well, they, they're getting paid a lot, so they got to do it here. Okay, well, then don't have that match at Hell in a Cell. Because we all saw it. Every single one of us saw it. This ain't just a me thing. This ain't just a Jimmy Van thing. All of you saw it too. All of you had those questions in your head. Did WWE paint themselves into a corner by booking The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, in a title match at Hell in a Cell? And they did. Well, Rollins stomps The Fiend. Nothing happens. The Fiend uh, tries to send on Rollins through a table, but crushes it when Rollins moves. I thought that was the highlight. This and when The Fiend sent Rollins through the table at ringside, that was good. That was my favorite part. This match should have been seven, eight minutes again. Again. The Fiend kicks out of a stomp on the concrete exposed floor. Rollins eats his sister Abigail outside, but they go up to the, the to the ramp, to the, the stage, so to speak. Third and fourth stomp doesn't beat The Fiend. So does a, a fifth one doesn't do it. But it, a few super kicks send The Fiend in some electrical equipment that explodes into pyro. Rollins is down there checking everything out and eats some pyro to the eyes. Oh no, ah, my eyes, I can't see. Asuka's back there spitting pyro at him. And a sister, Abigail, wins it. 
The Fiend Bray Wyatt WWE Champion. And did it feel lacking to you? Because it did to me. Am, am I happy that he's champion? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know what's going to happen with the title. I haven't talked to anybody about it yet. I got right here on this with you guys. Like, what's going to be next? What, is SmackDown going to have two titles? They're going to make a trade? How is it going to work out? Ugh. It really gave a hit to WWE. It gave a hit to Seth Rollins. Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, took a hit. Everybody involved in this took a hit. The company, the performers. The match sucked, too. The match sucked. It was the same match. And I saw enough of that on this. I saw Lacey versus Natalia for like the seventh time. I saw AJ and Carrillo, and I've seen that match twice this week, but I've really seen that match three times because Rollins and Carrillo were just like it. Good mic work commentaries. Oh, I love I love him. Uh, he says, got to get Bray over to Raw. No, or do you move Brock back? Someone's got to. Uh, I like Hannah's idea. I would keep Bray as far away from Rollins as possible, so I would move Brock over there. Uh, like like Hannah said at the top of the show, Ray is on that brand. I think Ray versus Brock is a solid feud for the title at this point. Ray is as good as he's been in 20. 22 years. Man. So yeah, I I think they find a way to get Brock back. If I were them, like I said, I would I would do a thing where um where they they create some sort of deal. They they would have to really stack the deck for SmackDown and and make it like like it was a big deal or something. I would say uh oh, well that's that's part of the the trade that sent Alexa and Nikki over. By the way, we won't try to sign the Usos. You all can have the Usos. Because, I mean, that that is a, a nice chip to add in there. Also, if you look at who's... If AOP go over there, that keeps them away from Viking Raiders. And you have a Sirloin Beef Sons of Bitches team on each brand. Uh, you can orchestrate some kind of a deal there to make that work. Send Harper back over to Raw with him. They're, they're, if they make a trade and make it make sense, I think it could be really good. Because, uh, like, you've got some some unassigned people. Like, you've got Naomi, who I don't think is uh, assigned right now. You could uh, say that SmackDown gets the rights to her, yada, yada. Uh, you, th- there, there are ways that WWE can do this that makes sense and won't get trashed so much. Guys, I want to thank you all so much. Leave a thumbs up. This is a much shorter review. Quite frankly, I got to go hand out some candy for Halloween Uh, But we've all experienced some horrors of ourselves. Uh, Yeah, WWE's October booking. Let's hope for a better November. This is this, well, I was going to say this is the reset. The the cross-promotional stuff will end, but they're about to do a bunch of cross-promotional stuff for Survivor Series probably. We'll see. Until next time, guys, thank you all so much. We're out.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.